Welcome everyone back to another episode of Retro Heart Duo Gaming for Couples by Frickin' Fox. It's a new year! It's 2024. Woohoo! Yes. As always, I am still Frick. And I am still Fox. As far as we know. And, uh, yeah. So, the last few episodes... We had kind of been talking about some couple stuff, some date ideas, um, you know, just significant others. You can play games together, the best consoles, um, you know, the easiest consoles for both local and long distance relationships. We covered that um, we both now have Xbox Series X's. I've had mine for a while. She bought hers. Um, we actually played a little bit of It Takes Two. Um, over the New Year weekend, uh, we we rang in the New Year in the Denver area together. Uh, broke in her her Series X a little bit, played some It Takes Two, and then uh, got it installed. A phenomenal game! It was so much fun. I am looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to play both in person and separately. Um, you know, I got it installed in my Series X, so. Um, what we're going to do, since this is our first first episode, um, and I, people are going to grill me because I know I just said Retro Heart Duo when it's Pixel Heart Duo, I messed up my own podcast title name <laughs> because I typed it wrong in the notes. Frickin' Fox! Yeah, jeez. <laughs> What we're going to do is we are going to talk, um, each of us, we have picked three games that we are most excited for that are supposed to be or slated to be released in 2024. It's been kind of weird for releases since the pandemic because a lot of stuff got pushed back. Um, and like I know, for example, one of my titles that I'm going to be covering tonight, Early Access was in 2023, but it actually got pushed back to 2024. Um, most of my titles don't have release dates. They're just TBD, TBA, uh, or like Q3, but we're still going to cover them, um, and we're going to kind of branch out a little bit going forward. We're going to talk about couples gaming. We're going to talk about, you know, ideas for gaming together. We're going to talk, but I mean, we are a couple that games, and we like single-player content. We like sharing stories together. We love playing together, but we also love together play if you get what i'm saying so this since it is our first episode of the new year of 2024 we are going to cover some titles that we are most excited about releasing this year and they might be multiplayer they might not be um you know we play a lot of games so i will back clean up on this um if you want to cover your first few games and we'll just kind of we'll we'll just discuss them and things that we're we're most excited and then i'll do mine and then we've got some kind of bonus ones we've got a topic at the end and then we will we will wrap up this uh first episode of 2024 so why don't you go ahead and take it away and unveil your most anticipated 2024 titles all right well my first top pick um for 
titles that I am super excited is Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Uh, it's going to be released for PC, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and Amazon Luna. Uh, release date is only a couple of weeks away, January 18th, 2024. So... Get into your GameStop or wherever you order your games from and pre-order now um, because, gosh, I'd hate for you to be standing there without anything. Um, it is a sites, it's described as a side-scrolling platformer. It's neither a sequel nor a prequel. And during this game, you'll discover the cursed Persian-inspired world filled with bigger-than-life landmarks dash into a stylish and thrilling action-adventure platformer game set in a mythological Persian world where the boundaries of time and space are yours to manipulate. Explore a variety of highly detailed biomes, each with its own identity, wonders, and dangers. Use your wits to solve puzzles, find hidden treasures, and complete quests to learn more about this corrupted place. Now, for me, not only is the game beautiful, um, as you can see, it the great thing about it is because it's neither a sequel nor a prequel, you don't have to play, you don't have to catch up. You don't have to figure out like where you are in the in the grand scheme of Prince of Persia things. Um, you can just jump right on in. You can start your Prince of Persia adventure now. You don't have to watch Jake Gyllenhaal uh, in his movie, which was um, more Assassin's Creed than Prince of Persia. <laughs> but okay, um, whatever they wanted to do. Um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed. I've enjoyed previous titles. I'm super excited about this one. It's just expanding on a, a franchise that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm a sucker for mythology, which you will see with my next several <laughs> recommendations as well. Um, but yeah, it it's just the artwork is just really truly captivating. And that's something that I'm always going to be drawn to. And the fact that it's going to be a title that's released on pretty much every gaming platform there is. Um, I am one of those people that um, I, 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 I don't like, you know, platform exclusivity. I think it, the gaming world is a better world when everybody's playing. So, um that that's kind of my take and why that makes Prince of Persia the Lost Crown my top pick. Plus it's also coming soon and it's that, you know, instant gratification thing. I, I don't I lose my attention span when you start talking about like Q four release dates when it's Q one. <laughs> what do you think, Rick? Yeah. I mean, it, and this is one that, that I'm going to have to pick up as well. Um, I remember playing the original Prince of Persia on like an old Tandy where it was like grayscale, black and white, um, you know, swinging along, remembering growing up like the old Pitfall game and then Prince of Persia was just like a level up from that and just following along and I know that there were some pretty lackluster, some, some duds 
that got launched under the the Prince of Persia moniker. It went away for a while. Um, it really was not a good series, and the fact that they are taking it back to kind of a side scroller puzzle uh, type game back to its roots so to speak um and just keeping it with beautiful current gen graphics um it's something that is going to be a ton of fun I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying it out um my thing and it's more of a personal thing for me i <laughs> i say this with my retro console sitting next to me and behind me i have a hard time keeping my attention with titles that don't push some sort of boundary um and it's it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes me to beat this game just because it looks beautiful i can't wait to play it you don't have to have played the previous duds you don't have to know about prince of persia from 1991 you know you can just go into it so it's going to be nice to see it'll be interesting to see um how long it takes me to beat it just because I have a really hard time, and we talked about this offline over the weekend, I have a hard time finishing games. When I get, when I sense that I am near the end of a game, it's almost like I'm allergic to, to beating them. There are very few games that I beat start to finish. My most recent one was Dave the Diver. I did that just because it was a sushi-making simulator that, oh, by the way, there was also a story. But it took me an additional two weeks to beat the game. So, like, it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes me to beat this game because it looks like it's going to be a title that is really going to be a lot of fun. I just hope that I don't get in my own way and I'm able to kind of enjoy it start to finish and then we can kind of talk about it, you know, after it's launched and been out for a while and we both have, have had a chance to play it. Well, if I, when it comes to playing games by myself, um, I have a penchant for side-scrolling platformers, you know, Ori and the Blind Forest and Trine, um, all of those. I just, have, I, I enjoy that, you know, that side-scrolling action. Um, I am terrible at wall jumps, so <laughs> that does, that does make things a little bit more difficult for me. Um, I know, like, for example, the, once the Sonic franchises and the Crash Bandicoot went to like the 3D thing, boy, that kind of messes with me a lot. And my depth perception is awful. So um, with this with this game, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, fun fact, Ori and the Blind Forest is my favorite title of all time. So there you go. <laughs> We, we may ask that question later on. <laughs> so next on my pick is yet another platformer. Um, but it's a, and also a remake. Braid, the anniversary edition. Uh, that too will be released on PlayStation, PC, and Xbox, iOS, or Android for Netflix subscribers. The, really the release date for this one is April 30th, 2024. Um, so I think that there that it is also in pre-order zone um, if you need that. 
In this puzzle platformer, you're playing Tim, a man on a mission to rescue an abducted princess. Manipulate time. There's a theme again. I, I like time manipulation. I think if that was going to be a superpower that I could pick, it would be time manipulation. Uh, manipulate time in unusual ways and you progress through challenging puzzles that also allow the forgiveness of moving through the game even if you get stuck. So if you're on a screen and you just can't figure out the puzzle, you can just move through it and go back to it later. You know, if you go, if you have an aha moment, you're like, oh, now I know how to solve that. Um, so you can't, that is something that is really good for somebody like me who does get stuck frequently in games. I was just, you know, telling Frick, the other week about getting stuck on this particular spot in the next Ori, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, you know, and um, I just, I refuse to move on until I solve it. Um, but I actually really like that this game offers you the opportunity to go past it and then come back to it. Um, that's a big thing for me. So the original Braid was released in 2008. Um, it was very pixelated. The music, uh, the sound was not so awesome or whatever. It's been completely remastered. The artwork, um, it's almost like, it's like a, a painted like brush style artwork. And it's really, again, it's, it's really a pretty game. Um, Solve puzzles by changing the flow of time in this remastered of the classic. Uh, it's hand paint, hand repainted graphics and fully reimagined sound. Um, and there's 15 hours of commentary on game design and the remastering process that they took, which I don't know about you, but I actually love behind the scenes uh, kind of content it it gives me an appreciation for the game and you know because this is such a um a loved title for for many people you will actually be able to switch back and forth so you can play the original 2008 version if you want or you can toggle it to the remastered version, which isn't going to, you know, have that heavy pixelation as well as, um, you know, the updated uh, music and, and sound. Well, and I'm excited to see because I, Braid was one of those games that I, I beat way back, you know, in 2008, 2009 when it came out. I loved it because of, you know, the art style and how it just everything was so cute but also not and like it was very um it was long before like the cuphead style of hand drawing panels came out which spoiler alert one of us is really good with the controller in their hand the other one not so much so we probably won't be covering cuphead as a couple or any <laughs> any sequels those, those that is not a title that we will be covering probably i'm i'm getting better i know what it, <laughs> the difference between the joystick and the d-pad so y'all <laughs> i had to explain to her that the right joystick controlled the camera and it takes two but she is getting better 
cheesecake cutter. But I am looking forward to seeing what they do because Braid, when it released, was already a beautiful game. You know, the music was just like calming. Um, I liked, I, I loved the fact it was one of those titles where you could rewind the puzzle and be like, oh, I shouldn't have jumped over that enemy. Oh, I shouldn't have gone here. Now I'm going to get stuck. Let me just go back and try again. Like, I'm really interested to see how they spruce it up and how they make it feel fresh and new um, without it being a sequel. Because it's not. Um, it's it's like, it's just this like remastering. And so it was already a really good looking game when it came out, you know. And so I, I'm interested to see what it's going to look like in 4K and 8K and, you know, all of our advanced, um, you know, architecture and current gen consoles. Um, you know, and I'm also interested to see what it's going to look like on hand on mobile devices. You know, it's going to be one of those games where you can have it on iOS and Android. And so, yeah, it it's it's definitely you know it's not going to be a game where you dump hours upon hours upon hours into it, but it's going to be a game that does have replay. You know, like can I can I beat this puzzle faster? Can you know can I 100% this? Can I, you know, can I complete everything? Can I go back through? Did I miss stuff? And so it's going to be really interesting to see what the anniversary edition is like. I I have to say I'm I'm super excited to um, watch the speedrun streams on Twitch. I think that's gonna, those are going to be a lot of fun. I I always enjoy um, speedrun competitions and um, streamers. So. Uh, we'll be seeing a lot of those. I have a feeling once this drops in April. So there's there's my Q2 pick. So on to my Q3 pick. Um, this is uh, this title is actually something that's near and dear to my heart um, because it's a story that uh, I have loved since a child. I think I'm I. Being Asian, I am biologically required um, to love the story of Wukong, the Monkey King. Um, so my next pick for um, ex my most excited titles for 2024 is Black Myth Wukong. Uh, it'll be releasing August 20th, 2024 for PlayStation, PC, and Xbox. Um, sorry, Nintendo Switch players, but uh, I think uh, I think you'll be okay with it. This is an RPG rooted in Chinese mythology. Again, there's that myth mythological tie that um, just pulls at my heartstrings. Based on the 16th century Chinese novel Journey to the West, it's a story about a monkey who makes a journey across the western regions to obtain sacred texts. You set out as the destined one to venture into the challenges and marvels ahead to uncover the obscure truth beneath the veil of a glorious legend from the past. It's a beautiful game that draws inspiration from older Chinese artwork, particularly Buddhist paintings. Uh, there is a caveat. It is reported that the gameplay feels very Souls-like. Um, and you can see that in um, the gameplay videos that are that have been released. Um, the boss fights, uh, in particular, are very choreographed, very technical, and very difficult. Um, 
which is something that uh, is something I'm going to have to get over because, um, like I tell, uh, uh, I've told many people, I avoid Souls games because they hurt my feelings because they are unnecessarily hard. But I'm going to have to get over that and um, and tackle uh, Black Myth Wukong because I. I just I love this story and I want to see how it's how you know this rendition communicates that beautiful beautiful connection um to something that you know is a childhood story. Yeah, and for me I it's funny because I don't I don't like Soulsborne games. I don't. I loved Shadow of the Colossus. So let's let's put that together like, you know, that's kind of where from software tied a lot of inspiration and so um i played uh you know ghost of tsushima which was kind of like it had those hard bosses but there was a complete story you know i did not play sekiro you know i just if it was if it's Soulsborne, Soulsborne light if it says from software i i i get that butthole pucker because it's like i just i like <laughs> stories like bosses that are designed to just make you break your controller because you've died 30 times on them don't sound fun to me. I have not given it a chance. So, like you, I love Asian mythology. I loved playing Smite back when it first came out. I loved the idea of playing, you know, deities and, you know, playing Shiva and playing all these other characters, playing Thor. I just love mythology. Um, and Asian mythology especially. I like watching, like... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I love watching all the old Shaolin movies. Like I love just the, the just the Asian mythology, and so it looks like it's going to be a beautiful game. I might have to get down off of my soapbox. I might actually have to try this game, you know, and say it's actually pretty good. You know, I I like it. I probably won't beat it, or if I do, it might take me fifteen years to beat it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited too. Um, you know, I'm excited to see kind of the visuals. I'm excited to get it on a screen and play it, get a controller in my hand and just feel what it's like. And, um, you know, so we'll we'll see how it plays. I'll give it a chance. You know, seeing Souls-like combat, it's like, ugh. But one of these days I'm going to have to stop clutching my pearls and actually try one of these titles and this is probably the first one so we'll see i have a feeling that this is gonna be the game it you know if i haven't done it before august 20th 2024 this will be the game that makes or breaks me on controllers so you know i'm 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 hoping I, I believe in myself because that's how badly I want to play the Monkey King. Um, I want to be the Monkey King. So uh, so I'm definitely, definitely going to give this one a whirl. And you know what? Maybe, you know, maybe it turns into a title that I just watch on Twitch. I don't know. <laughs> Which is entirely possible and not a waste of time. <laughs> Especially when you look at the artwork um, and the cinematics that I'm seeing being released so far. 
So those are my three picks. I've got one for Q1, Q2, Q3. Q4 is too far away. I don't want to think about it. So. Ah, we'll probably do a t- you know a, <laughs> another episode in the in the summer to cover the second half because there's going to be surprise surprise announcements as well. You know, and yeah. Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo does, and you know, there's rumblings that they're they're going to announce their next their next console in March. So you know, we'll definitely have to do something. You know, and and Sony and Microsoft and all of the third party developers are they're constantly surprising us so we'll have to see but you do platformers i do rpgs and i really really had to stop myself from just going here's three rpgs that are you can devote a hundred hours each into have fun see ya so my three are going to be kind of all over the place um they have reasons why they are my three most anticipated um and they don't have release dates right now um, because they just stuff got pushed back. Um, the first one I'm going to cover is an Xbox exclusive. Uh, it is a sequel to another Xbox exclusive. Um, and that is Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. Uh, it continues the story in an adventure through Iceland in the Age of the Vikings. We were talking about mythology. We were talking about all sorts of it. This one... Not quite the same, but still up the mythology alley. Uh, although, although the original game was self-published, Xbox Game Studios acquired Ninja Theory in 2018 and is publishing Senua Saga as an Xbox Series X and S console exclusive. Like Senua's Sacrifice, the new entry deals with mental illness and other issues through a unique and interesting lens. Now, those of you who played the original Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, you'll know it messes with you because you are playing a young woman who deals with schizophrenia and hallucinations and mental illness and the entire time especially if you're playing with surround sound you're playing with sound bar you're playing with Dolby Atmos you have headsets on the entire time you are hearing stuff in the back of your your headsets like it's it's one of those like games where if you don't like horror movies, but you like suspenseful psychological thrillers that like play on your own insecurities in your head, it makes you go crazy. Send You a Sacrifice was that game. I actually played it a couple times through. Um, you know, funny, funny little kind of side thing. I do have uh, a, a, a child. I have offspring that suffers from mental illness. I do have friends that have suffered from mental illness. Um, my adopted sister actually does suffer from schizophrenia and mental illness so it kind of hits it it hits home for me because it's like okay i want to play this i want to see this and it, it really it is kind of like a it, it's a mind trap like the first game you play it it's a gorgeous game it's beautiful the sound is great like the the actress that they have playing senua is fantastic the voice acting is great the line's great the, the story is great like, the gameplay is great, but really what puts it over the top is the fact that they are somehow able to capture what it is like to have mental, to have schizophrenia in a video game. And it puts you right in the role of Senua. And it's like, it's constantly just messing with you. Like, little, like, did I just hear a whisper? Like, what did they say? And, and like, you spend the next five minutes going, Am I going to hit, like, what's going to happen? Like, it, it, like, plays on your own internal emotions 
but nothing ever really happens. And then there's other points in the game where there are jump scares and they're like, oh my God. And then you're like, holy crap. So it, it like encapsulates what it is like to suffer mental illness in a game that I argue should have won a lot of awards. And so Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga is something I am really, really looking forward to. It's rumored that it's going to come out in Q3 2024. It could come out sooner. It could come out, you know, later. I, I don't know. Like, my titles are going to be, they're going to come out when they come out. And when they come out, I'm going to play them and I'm going to love them. So that is my first title. Well, I think, you know, and games like this are important um, to society, really. I feel like it's, you know, video games do have the capability of bringing us together. And if it can spark conversations and spark understanding and compassion, um, I'm all for it. So, you know, I... I of course, it's too much to say that, oh, well, you know, it can, this is exactly what it's like to have, you know, to suffer from mental illness or, or whatever, um, schizophrenia or, you know, paranoia episodes or that kind of thing. Um, you know, of course, you know, like those, those struggles are, are far beyond what can be captured in a video game. But if it can get the conversation started and get it normalized, then you know uh, it may it could be a tool that's used to kind of bring us all together and, and heal some hurts so you know that and i know that's a heavy topic you know for our, <laughs> for a gaming podcast but you know what this is the real world too you know we're not just stuck in our pixels so i'm looking forward to this title as well yeah, and Ninja Theory, you know, they were a small indie studio when they came out with Senua's Sacrifice. And the fact that they made what they made. For those of you who haven't played it, go play it. Um, it was on Game Pass. It got brought to other other consoles. I think now that Ninja Theory is under the Microsoft umbrella, there will be no plans to, to bring it to any other console other than Microsoft properties. However, Senua's Sacrifice is out there. Um, and so I would recommend you play it. Uh, it is a little spoopy, um, but it is really good. Um, and it, it does. It delves into some heavy topics. But it's also, if you just kind of remove yourself from that and you're like, yeah, I just want to play a really good game, it's a really good game. Um, you know, and it's beautiful. And... So that is my first one. Um, it does not have a release date, like I said, but when it does, make sure that you check all of your major distributors and outlets, walk into your local GameStop. It'll be up on the list. You'll be able to look at it, um, you know, pre-order it, do all the things you normally do. Um, so yeah, my second game is another sequel. Um, I have sequels upon sequels and continuations but you know what's when you got a good a good series and the sequel comes out you get excited for it my second one is hades 2 the sequel to the 2020 godlike roguelike hades arrives in early access in summer 2024 hades 2 will make you battle beyond the underworld using dark sorcery to take on the titan of time 
developer Supergiant Games writes on its website, continuing the original game's breathless crusade against Destiny. And for those of you who played Hades, it was across the board, Switch, Xbox, you know, every every platform it was on, it was phenomenal. And it was hours upon hours upon hours of replayability because every time you stepped foot in the underworld, it was procedurally generated and you had to go and the only way to get out was to make it through all of the levels or die and come right back and unlock new weapons, unlock new abilities, unlock upgrades to your character, unlock upgrades to Hades. And so this is going to be more of the same. Um, I believe I stopped playing Hades. It was one of the ones where I did not beat it, but I was about 80 hours into it because I just had so much fun. I mean, it was visually stunning. The music was great. The voice acting was great. We're talking about mythology. You're, you got, you know, Apollo. You got Mira, Mera, Hera. You've got Hades. You've got Zeus. You have all of these, like, mythological people. Um, you know, these deities. And, you you know, the first one you played is Hades. The second one you're playing is a, a witch from the underworld. And... It is going to be a game that I cannot wait to see how many hours I can put into it, what upgrades there are, what the story is like. Um, you know, the first one was amazing. It was beautiful. It was on the Switch. You could play it. You could take it anywhere. It was also on all the other major, uh, excuse me, major platforms. Hades 2, I'm not sure where it's going to end up when all is said and done. I do know it is coming to Windows PC. Um, excuse me. I do know that it will make its way onto Xbox. will probably end up in Game Pass. It's our favorite buzzword, Game Pass. Um, we've talked about it a few weeks in a row. Um, we're not going to delve too deep into it, so don't worry. We're not Microsoft shills. We're not getting paid by Microsoft. <laughs> but... Um, a lot of good titles end up on there, but Hades... Not that I'd be against it, Microsoft. Yeah, wink, wink. You know, the Sony <laughs> fanboy nudging you. Um, but, so early access in 2024, uh, in the summer. So, look for that. I can't wait to see what they do with the story. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, what other aces they have up their sleeves. Supergiant Games is another one of those developers that... You know, they make quality content. Hades was amazing. It, there's a reason it won so many awards, and I'm looking forward to see what they do with uh, Hades 2. I, you know what? You had me at mythology. So, you know, let's let's go. Uh, the artwork, the, it, it's an incredibly aesthetically pleasing game. Um, it's fantastic. And I, I think much like, you know, what we were talking about with Prince of Persia, I also think that this is a game that you can jump in. You don't have to play the first one in order to enjoy the second one. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, feeling like you've got to catch up. You know, you've got to, you know, watch all the old gameplay or, you know, or play through it or whatever. Um, so it is very beginner friendly, um, when it comes to this particular title, um, you know, speaking of like beginner friendly to the title, not necessarily beginner friendly to gaming <laughs> because it does look a bit challenging. Um, but I think, yeah, it, like I said, you had me on mythology. That's all. Let's go. Yeah. Beginners go and get wrecked. Like, <laughs> 
Hades had a steep steep learning curve, especially when you got new abilities and new weapons unlocked. But yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, so that is my second one. It kind of has a release date. I cheated. Summer 2024, early access. Not sure when the full game is going to be released. My third game, sticking to mythology or Asian, is uh, from a huge studio, a big team, well-known. The names might not be well-known. The titles will be well-known. And this is a game that... <clears throat> excuse me, I am breaking from my exclusivity and saying this is one that's going to be released <coughs> on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows PC, and the Xbox Series S and X. It has a TBA. Not sure when it's going to be released, but you know what? When it gets released, people are going to love it. And that is Metaphor Refantasio. Three of the minds behind Persona 3, 4, and 5, director Katsura Hashino, character designer Shigenori Sojima, and composer Shoji Migoro are back with this high fantasy RPG. Packed with colorful lands and contorted monsters, Metaphor Refantasio will return to the roots of where the Japanese games industry began. Atlas first set in 2016 by being a traditional fantasy RPG with distinctively Atlas flavor. Now, those of you who have played the Persona games, those of you who have played other Atlas titles, um, you know, Rage Got, for those of you who know me from my YouTube and streaming days, back when I was a media personality, I did a, a you know, tech yes or no on Rage Got. Atlas makes titles that are visually stunning. They make titles that have great gameplay, they have great story, you can play them for hours upon hours upon hours. I'm looking at you, Persona 5, that I still haven't beaten. I'm 112 hours into it. Um, thank you for reminding me, Brain. I need to finish the game. But Metaphor Refantasio, I, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Um, it's got a, a hilariously Japanese name. Like, what does it even mean? But um, I, I can't wait. I mean, these guys... This, this development team, they put together bangers. You know, Persona 3 is going to get re-released. Can't wait for that. Persona 5, it was so good. They made Strikers. They made, you know, other games. They made, you know, Persona 4 had a golden. Like, they just kept re-releasing it. And people would, like, eat it up. They had content on top of content on top of content. So I can't wait to see what this game is like. Um, again, it's another single-player game. But it's an RPG. I am a sucker for RPGs from the original Dragon Quest and Dragon Warriors Final Fantasy 1. Um, I, I love RPGs, and I love RPGs that you don't beat in like 12 hours. So if this is anything like any of the other Atlas titles, it is going to be a long game that you are going to get engrossed in, and I cannot wait to see how it plays when it, when it is released, whenever that is this year. I so I I got introduced with Persona Five Tactica the the most recent release um, and um, started kind of delving into this realm a little bit with that one and then oh you know you already mentioned that Persona Three Remaster is going to be coming out I think in a couple maybe February I'm not sure exactly on the time frame for that so you know hearing that 
three of the people, you know, behind that is behind this new metaphor is, um, it's definitely a plus because they've, they've are, I mean, who doesn't want to just jump into an anime and, you know, that's what you get to be is, you know, I mean, that, I don't know, maybe other people not, but I certainly do. <laughs> um, so it, it's a beautiful game. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what they do, like, with a Thieves Guild type thing, because in the other Persona games, as technology advanced, as consoles advanced, you know, with Persona 5, they you were able to do, like, online stuff. You were able to, like do co-op stuff you were able to have like additional things through the thieves guild online so it'll be interesting to see um if they have something similar similar system in metaphor refantasio whenever it releases in 2024 um so that is it for my three that is it for her three there are other titles that we wanted to just kind of announce were coming out um we're not necessarily going to cover them but we're going to put the bug in your ear um and we'll just kind of you know briefly go over what those titles are um, we do have some RPGs coming out. Like I said, I cannot get enough RPGs. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming out on PlayStation uh, February 29th of 2024. The game that you're seeing right now is Unicorn, Unicorn Overlord. It's coming out on Switch March 8th, 2024. Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes is going to come out on Xbox Series S and X, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, on the Switch, on PC. It is coming out on April 23rd, 2024, and it boasts a robust cast of characters. You're talking like a hundred different characters, but there are three main characters. Bandletail, a League of Legends story, is coming out on Switch and PC with a TBD uh, release date. It's an RPG set in the whimsical world of Bandle City. After a party goes wrong, the portals that connect your home collapse and throw everything into chaos. Using your knitting magic and backpack house, restore the portals to reunite Bandle City. And finally, we'll close with an, a co-op title because this is a couples gaming podcast, and that is Hyper Light Breaker. It is an action RPG coming out on Windows and PC. It'll probably be released on other, other platforms later. It is a follow-up to the first Hyper Light game. Uh, if it's anything like the first one, it is going to be visually stunning. It is going to have an amazing soundtrack. Um, but those are some more titles that are going to be released, uh, this year in 2024. They just didn't make our top three. Um, any other day they would have, but there's just, there's so many titles coming out in 2024. Um, there's stuff that we don't even know when it's getting released and there's, there's stuff that we don't even need know that it is getting released. And we were a little bit light on the Switch content. There is a new Mario game coming out. Luigi's Mansion 2 is getting re-released. Um, Princess Peach is going to have a title. Switch has some fantastic titles too. Chances are we'll cover them as well in a, a later episode. But so that we didn't make this a three or four hour long episode, we really had to condense it down. We might cheat and do like a part two later on. I don't know. We just, you know, we, we decide on the, the topic 45 seconds before we go on on air so now you're hearing our our secrets but there's a lot of titles coming out in 2024 that that we are excited for um and i i'm i am looking forward to seeing how some of these play and we'd like to ask y'all like what what titles are you looking forward to this year um and 
knowing Frick's penchant for RPGs, my penchant for side-scrolling platforms, what would you recommend that we take a look at? Um, you know, especially within the realm of mythology and time manipulation and all that stuff that gets us, you know, super geeky. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just drop a comment and let us know what you're looking forward to this year. Yeah, and you can leave a comment on our YouTube uh, videos. We do publish these on Fridays on our YouTube channel, Frickin' Fox. Um, you can uh, you can search for Pixel Heart Duo. It'll pop up. You can just search for Frickin' Fox, Frickin' Fox LLC. Leave a comment. Or if you want to email us because you want to make it more private, admin at frickinfox.com. We do do mailbag episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so yeah, those are our titles that we are most looking forward to. Um, and we will we will add more at a later date. Our topic idea for tonight, I'll go ahead and open it up and then I'll kick the floor over to you to kind of get your thoughts on this um, before I close it out and, and tell everybody why things are bad and other things are good because I am an elitist jerk. So our title, our topic idea for tonight deals with backwards compatibility. Will your Xbox Series X play Xbox 360 games? Will your PS5 play your PS4, your PS3, your PS2 games? Like, how does previous architecture fit in with current-gen consoles? So go ahead and take it away. The floor is yours. Uh, so the, the general consensus um, is that Xbox has done a better job with backwards compatibility uh, than their main competitor, Sony. Um, and the as we discussed a couple weeks ago, the Xbox Series X is the latest gen um, for um, Xbox. And it can play titles that were made for the original Xbox release back in 2001. So, you know, 22-year-old um, discs, if you've got them laying around, you know, toss it in your Series X, see if it'll play. Uh, there's a good possibility that it will. Um, however, it is not the same um, due to um, structural reasons. The PS5, uh, for the most part, cannot play anything pre-PS4 unless it has been specifically remastered uh, for the PS5 um, through the PlayStation Store Plus. Um, so, you know, it's kind of some sad news if you just picked up a PS5 and, you know, you've got um, some PS3, PS2 games laying around you you're probably not going to get much uh out of those games. So that that's what the word on the street is for the most part. Um both of them, you know, the official language is very um vague where they they both say most games will play um Xbox again, you know, has much better um, track record for it and PS3 is pretty much a non-starter with PS5 like you just it's it's not going to happen and Frick can kind of get explain a little bit as to why 
Yeah, and one of the things that that Sony did very well, you know, for those of you who are following along, I am a Sony fanboy. It carries a massive asterisk because brand loyalty doesn't really mean anything any, anymore. Um, everything is, is super powered. Everything is great. Everything has console exclusives. You know, Sony and, and Microsoft, they're in these, like, arms races to buy up as many developers and as many studios as they can to make quote-unquote first-party titles. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see that play out. My quip with Sony is that they do not play nice with others. They don't even play nice with themselves. PS1 and PS2 had similar hardware architecture. So it wasn't hard to play a PS1 game in the PS2 era. Then PS3s came out. PlayStation 3, it looked weird. It was really sleek. They tried to go futuristic. Um, you know, PlayStation 2 was right around the time when Blu-ray was still very new. Sony kind of boasted, like, we are the first console that has Blu-ray technology. Now, Microsoft got it in the Xbox, in the uh, Xbox 360. You know, but by that point, it was kind of like, okay, well, now Sony's getting a little weird. Um, you know, I can understand if you had different, different data type, if you had different, like, game types. Like, for example... You can't play Super Nintendo games on a Super Nintendo because they're just different. You know, you had different cartridges. You know, I've got I've got Nintendo 64 stuff. They're all different. I mean, it's Nintendo, but it's different. This it has been the the medium for years. So the fact that Xbox, you can grab an Xbox game, you can throw it in an Xbox Series X, and you can play it, or you can get it on Game Pass. You can get a game on the Microsoft Store. You know, boom. Microsoft, sweet. Sony, you need to step your game up. Because the fact that, like, there are dozens of titles that we haven't played unless we have a console. We have an old console. And spoiler alert, almost all of my retro consoles are Nintendos because I had a Nintendo as a kid. My parents got me a Sega Genesis instead of Super Nintendo. So, I have a Super Nintendo now. Suck it, mom and dad. Um, I don't have all the PS, the PlayStation consoles. Even though I am a fanboy, I didn't keep them. So it's like, there are so many games I probably will never play again. Um, and luckily, some of the titles, some of the IPs are getting re-released. Like um, Chrono Cross. I loved Chrono Trigger as a kid. I have a copy of it. Um, Chrono Cross came out on PlayStation 1. I played the crap out of it, and then it just disappeared because you couldn't play it on a later PlayStation. Now, luckily, it popped up on the uh, Nintendo eShop. I have it on my Switch. I can play it whenever I want. It's just as confusing without a guide as it was when it first came out. But Microsoft really has hit a home run with their ability to say, Hey, you have an old Xbox game? Yeah, it's going to look like trash, but you can put it in your Series X. You got a, a CRT, you got an old TV, yeah, hook it up, it'll look great. Like, you can play all your old games. Sony, if it's not remastered, if it's not in the Sony, in the PlayStation Store, sorry. Like, unless you have an old console, unless you are spending hundreds of dollars in the retro market, which, after the pandemic, has skyrocketed in price. I say this as someone who loves their cons their their retro stuff i love my retro consoles um 
it just it's it's unfortunate i mean i i really could go off on an even like longer rant but um that is really where microsoft has a leg up um, and backwards compatibility and i really hope that sony opens the floodgates soon because i want to play a lot of these old titles like legend of dragoon i want to play it like rpgs galore i want to play it legend of mana i want to play it like i want to play all these old games um even the old star wars titles like let me play the old Star Wars titles, um, you know, for my PlayStation 1 days. Let me play the old Armored Cores. Like, Armored Cores 6 came out. Great. I want to play 1 and 2. Back when I was in high school, watching the newest Dragon Ball Z episode, playing Armored Core with my buddy. Like, let me play those without having a PlayStation 1 or a PlayStation 2. So, that's my that's my tirade. That's my soapbox. I'm going to put it away. I'm going to put it down. And I'm going to be done with that. Well, and, you know, and hopefully... Nintendo, you know, as they are preparing to announce something about, you know, the next iteration of Switch, um, hopefully they, you know, take a listen and and maybe take a leaf from uh, Microsoft's book and, you know, make sure that they don't make older games obsolete as they push forward into their their next iteration. Um, Nintendo, I would really love for you to make an adapter so that you so that we could play our DS cartridges on our Switch. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can just like make that happen, right? <laughs> yes, and the the virtual consoles are great. You know, if you play if you pay the extra for the Nintendo monthly, you you do have 3DS consoles, but it's not the same. You know, getting a Nintendo 64, getting a Super Nintendo or a Nintendo on your Switch, it's not the same. Like, I'm a purist. It's not the same. So, (laughs) I promise I won't say anything else. But for those of you who want to chime in, leave a comment on YouTube. Send us an email. Tell us your thoughts on backwards compatibility. Yay or nay. Some of your favorite titles that you wish you could play again. Some of the titles that you're excited that it's now popping up on digital stores and digital formats. You know, where did you jump into the the console wars, so to speak, quote unquote? Like, just give us your thoughts. Like, we'd love to hear from you and what you think about it. So that pretty much wraps up another episode of Pixel Heart Duo, Gaming for Couples. Hopefully you got some good information. We introduced you to some titles. We put some titles back on your brain that you might have, like, heard about back before E3 died. You know, a couple years ago, um, you know, and gave you some titles to be excited about. And we'll continue to talk about other titles. I mean, this is, it's the 3rd of January when we're recording this. You know, the first week in January, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that pops up, a bunch of titles that pop up. There's going to be gaming announcements left and right. We're going to try and cover things from a couple's perspective, you know, as a gaming couple that we get super excited about things. Um, you know, so drop us a line. Um, tune in weekly. We live stream on Twitch on Wednesday nights about 8.30, 8.45 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We live in Colorado, so we're going to do that. Um, we upload to our YouTube channel, Frickin' Fox, on Fridays. We simul- simultaneously push all of the content out across Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, you know, the Google Google Music, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. Um, search Pixel Heart Duo. 
Um, we push that out at the same time we put up the VODs. Send us an email, admin at frickin' Fox. Just tell us your thoughts. Tell us if you want us to cover a, to a topic. Just, you know, get us our thoughts on stuff. You know, we are not professionals in the gaming industry. We are professional amateurs. Like, we just are enthusiasts, same as you. Um, if there are any game studios or developers out there that are looking for people that are really pretty looking and have very strong opinions hire us but until then we will be enthusiasts just like everybody else look for us next week we look forward to hearing from you um and we will let you know what the title of our episode is and the topics that we're covering next week as always i am frick and i am fox and we will catch you guys weekly on twitch youtube and all of your favorite podcasting platforms until then game on